I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Kira Jewel Julian has been practicing as a physical therapist for 26 years. She is a geriatric clinical specialist and is here to talk about aging strong. We will be discussing balance and the benefits of training over time. Welcome, Kira. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you in the podcast studio today. Thank you. Yes, so tell us about your journey to becoming a physical therapist specializing in geriatrics. Okay, so I've been practicing PT for about 26 years now. I started when I was 23, and about 10 years into it, um, as I was practicing, one of my parents, my mother, uh, was diagnosed with cancer. So I found myself looking for information about cancer, about chemotherapy, uh, about aging, about health, and started taking classes uh, to learn more and more. And a few years after that, my father fell and fractured his hip. So at that point, I started taking classes about balance and falls and how you can keep healthy and how you can recover from injuries. And the more classes I was taking, I was becoming more and more interested in every topic. And I decided to specialize in geriatrics and work um, with the geriatric population. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what geriatrics is? What is the, that age group? Yeah, geriatrics is basically everybody uh, who's 65 years and older. And uh, when I started practicing at 23, 40 or 50 seemed like a huge number. And I thought if you were 50, that was pretty old. And this year, I turned 50. Happy birthday. Our, my birthday, yeah. I turned 50, and now 65 to me sounds pretty young. Mm -hmm. Actually, 70 sounds pretty young, and even 80 <laughs> sounds pretty young. And I have patients in their 70s who still go mountain biking, uh, in their 80s who hike regularly. I have 90-year-old patients who, who play tennis three, four times a week. So I feel like um, even though 65 sounds old, it's, it's really not old. So many people in that age group are active and doing fun things, still working, staying healthy, staying busy, using their bodies. And that motivates me <laughs> over yeah. the next few decades to stay active and to be healthy and to do more. Well, thank you for giving us that vision of what life could look like in our 80s and 90s. And that's pretty amazing to be able to witness and see people who are it physically is. so active in it their is. 90s. It is, and it's encouraging. It is really encouraging. And I think just thank you for being on this podcast because I think, you know, I'm 45. And as I think about that time in my life, I want to be really well prepared for it. I want to you know, do what I can now to be able to have that active lifestyle. And I do really believe what we do now prepares us for aging. And then also watching our, my parents are still alive and just thinking about, you know, they're in their 70s. What can, can they do? Uh, and how can um, just more knowledge and education help us? Um, but I did want to 
talk a little bit more about your parents. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about your dad and how he fractured his hip? Yes, yes. Uh, Actually, it happened in front of my eyes, about 10 feet away from me, and I could do nothing about it. It happened. Uh, My father was, um, had heart disease from the time when I was little, so um, he was just in the ER that night for a bad cold, and I was having a party at my house, so he basically decided to discharge himself from the ER and come to my party, and as he was walking into my house, uh, he was trying to step up the curb. I He missed the first time, he missed the second time, and he must have been really tired, it was dark, he was not feeling well, and I just saw him collapse like a tree onto his side. Wow. And that caused him to fracture his hip. So for about four months, he was, he was in his 70s, early 70s, but he was still working. Um, he was a pharmacist and he really enjoyed being up and around and doing things and traveling and walking and gardening and hiking. For about four months, he was stuck at home in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. after surgery. He was not allowed to put any weight on his leg. So, and I lived next door to him, so I was with him every day through his journey, uh, going through every day and seeing him lose his independence, basically. And luckily, because he was so active and he, he worked and he had something to look forward to, after four months when his hip had healed and the surgery had healed, he went back to work. And he worked till the end of his life, which was great. And he traveled several times a year. Um, He was active, he gardened, he enjoyed gardening, and he enjoyed going for walks and hikes. So being active helped him recover much faster from an injury that a lot of times puts people in a nursing home for a very long time. So what do you think helped him? What do you think? I mean, definitely the family support. The family support. Uh, the positive attitude, knowing that when he recovered, he, you know, the pharmacy was waiting for him. His friends were waiting for him. His grandkids were waiting for him. He had so much to look forward to. So I think that helped a lot. Yeah. And then probably his active lifestyle before. Yeah, and, the, and the fact that he was already in fairly good shape, even mm-hmm. with his, um, you know, diseases, he was still very active. And I think that made it big difference yeah well thank you how old did he live 78 awesome yeah and worked till the last week of his life really and and vacation till the very end incredible yeah Ah. and uh gives me encouragement to stay active to work to enjoy life Mm -hmm. well he's a very good role model yes Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah well thank you so let's talk a little bit about uh typical health issues that affect the geriatric population. Sure, we'll start first with arthritis because arthritis sounds like such a threatening word to everybody. Even uh, people in our age group who are told they have arthritis think, oh my goodness, this is the end of the world. But arthritis is a very common, common condition. It's the almost normal wear and tear of joints that happens to most people. So 50% of people over age 65 have it and 70% of people over age 70 have it. Mm. Uh, But a lot of times you can have it and have absolutely no symptoms. Sometimes you have some pain and stiffness. So it's a very common condition and the best way to fight it is exercise and activity. Right. Of course, you can protect your joints because arthritis is the wear and tear of, our, of the joints in our body. And we have many joints, as you know. Um, 
We have to protect our joints by respecting pain. So if you have pain, talk to your doctor, talk to your physical therapist, and know what activities are safe for you, what you can do, what you should avoid. Uh, you should um, balance your activity with rest, maintain good flexibility and strength, avoid positions of deformity, such as um, wearing shoes that don't fit very well or heels or things we do to look good but aren't necessarily good for our bodies. It's important to maintain a healthy weight and a healthy diet so that our joints can get the nutrition that they need and use our stronger, larger muscles like our hips, our shoulders, our core muscles, and then to avoid um, sustained positions such as slouching, which a lot of us these days do. We spend a lot of time in front of our computers and on our phones slouching, and um, that can help if you don't slouch as much and balance the you know, time you spend in front of the computer with activity, then that will help too. Can we talk a little bit about wear and tear? Because I feel like that word, um, we use it a lot mm-hmm. and the medical community uses it a lot, but I think it can provoke fear a little bit because you think, oh, wear, which is yeah. movement, activity, exercise, and then tear, it just sounds yeah. so kind of threatening. Um, and I think it's important because, you know, people come in and they think, oh, exercise and activity is going to make my joints worse. When really, as long as it's, you know, good, maybe, you know, start with some low impact yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, stationary bicycle. Could you give us some ideas of different exercises that would be really healthy for the joints and yeah. how? Well, let's start with that. Okay. Uh, so starting slow and going, you know going at a rate that's comfortable for you is important, right? And it also depends on your previous activity level, mm-hmm. right? So if you're if, if you're not used to any exercise at all and you're told you have arthritis and you have to exercise and it sounds scary, you can just start with basic things like swimming, which mm-hmm. is a lot uh, a lot friendlier on our joints, on our weight-bearing joints, bike, walking, even you know, parking your car further away a little bit and walking a little bit more. Um, even with if you start with 10 minutes, 15 minutes, right? That yeah. would make a big difference. It'll help strengthen your big joints, your hips, your knees, or taking the stairs, or or cleaning your own garden, or doing some housework and create carrying your groceries. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fascinating. I think as you know, we've both been treating for a long time, you 26 years, me 20 years. And I would say most of the people that come in to see us aren't the super active people. It's actually the ones that are sitting too much, mm-hmm. too sedentary. You know, the people that really do have arthritis that affects their daily life or you know, how well they can walk. It's not the ones that are running, you know, 5Ks or 10Ks. That's not our typical patient population. Um, I mean, I really was amazed to see 25,000 people running the LA Marathon this year. Those guys are not the ones in our clinic. I mean, maybe rarely I might see a marathon runner, but typically my patient load and your patient Mm -hmm. load is heavy with people that aren't moving. And I think it's so important just, you know, to make that really apparent that it's not the ones who are moving that are getting the arthritis. It's actually, in our experience, I mean, the ones that aren't moving, you know, can yeah. barely One get out of there. One in four adults is not active enough. 
Yeah. And in some states in the U.S., it's 35 percent yeah. of adults who are not active enough. And we do see the occasional um, overachiever or someone who did too much. Occasional. Right. Yeah. yeah but those <laughs> need to learn to balance right. activity with rest. Mm -hmm. But usually it is the person who does not move enough. Is the one who has the, arth you know, just like mm -hmm. the symptoms of arthritis in their knee. Or Our the joints symptoms. need movement. It, absolutely. They are designed for movements. Right. And I think sometimes just that wear and tear phrase, yeah. sometimes yeah. people think, oh, if I move more, I'm going to cause more arthritis. And that just is not yeah. true. I mean, yeah. I I had some symptoms of uh, patellofemoral, which is just some knee kind of arthritis, you could probably call it, because it would just kind of flare up now and again. After running that marathon, I don't have that pain anymore. Gone. I mean, I know great? that just, yeah, so <laughs> experientially, the more I move, the more I strengthen, the more I stretch. I mean, I just, I, my joints feel so much better. And I know you yeah. do the same thing too. Yes, actually I feel better at 50 than I did at 40. Even yeah. though if you look at my body, my fingers look more arthritic, mm -hmm. my toes look arthritic, you mm -hmm. know, parts of my body look more arthritic than they did. But in my 40s, I was busy with kids and work and mm -hmm. I don't think I spent enough time working on my body. And now that I'm 50, I go regularly to hip hop class, to ballet class. I make it a point to walk three to four times a week, sometimes more. And I feel so much better than I did when I was 40. I can run up four flight, flights of stairs and not have it be an issue. And I think I was in worse shape 10 years ago. It's awesome. And my goal is to hopefully at 60 still be dancing and yeah, continuing my activities. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I agree. I think just even at my age now, I understand my body better. Yeah. I feel like I know what uh, feels good to eat. You know, I know that, you know, sleeping is just such a priority. I mean, it just my body. I know what I should be putting into it yeah. <laughs> and what activities make me feel really good. So thank you for yeah. sharing that. And uh, and this is our, our age group is when, for those listeners who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, this is when we're building our healthy habits. And if it becomes a habit, if taking a walk every day for 15, 20 minutes becomes a habit at this age, then if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and you continue with that habit, it won't be a big deal. It, don't, it won't seem like a big deal, the activity, the exercise that you do. I love so it. So I think it's really important that in our age group to start building these habits and take care of our bodies a little bit more so that we have less and less problems when we're older. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Those habits. It is. I mean, what habits are you building right mm -hmm. now that really, because I think as we do see aging, it's hard. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I you know, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, entering your 70s and 80s is, is easy. I mean, no. how many people, you know, tell us, oh, my goodness, just wait till you're my age. You know, yeah. how many times have you heard that? It's usually, oh, honey, don't get old. Don't get old. <laughs> but <laughs> I also, don't. I think I learned the most from my patients. And I see how those who, um, who are already used to exercising and go to their senior centers and exercise on a weekly basis, or it's part of their social life where they go to the pool three times a week, meet yeah. up with their friends, exercise. You can see how they heal so much faster and they, and, and 
their activity level is not a big deal. It's, it's part of their life, it's part of their habit. Yeah. And they are stronger and they're more flexible and they're able to do more. Mm-hmm. Like taking a vacation, it's not something they have to think about, they do it. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And it's a mindset. Yeah, it is. It's a mindset. You have to decide, I am going to stay active today. And every day. And every day. And that's it. (laughs) That's it. All right. Let's talk a little bit about falls because we are talking about geriatrics. And that is something that really does, like your dad, Mm -hmm. really, I mean, that four months of him in a wheelchair must have been really Stuck in a house. Hard. Where he couldn't go up and down stairs. Couldn't yeah. work, yeah. couldn't. But this live is an interesting life. fact. Falls yes. are the leading cause of injury in adults 65 years or older. Wow. Yeah. And one in four Americans, age 65 plus, falls each year. Right? Mm. That's and high falls statistic. can cause, you know, head injuries, broken bones. So every 11 seconds, an older adult is treated in the ER for a fall. Wow. But also, those who are strong and active will recover from falls much faster. Let's talk a little bit about how physical therapy, so if you are listening and you're worried about a fall and you are in this Mm -hmm. age group, how we assess for risk for falls. So um, like the Berg balance, you know, some of these Mm -hmm. tug tests. So could you explain just maybe how we have ways to uh, predict um, whether or not you might experience a fall You know, say someone wants to go see a physical therapist and they're wondering, what would this therapist do for me? Well, one thing is to assess for a risk for a fall. Yes, and the risks are multifactorial. It's not just about our balance and our strength. But if you have um, limited strength in your legs, that could be a a risk factor. If you have balance issues, and a lot of patients who we see in their 50s tell us, oh, my balance is not that great. So that's a risk factor. Limited flexibility in your joints could be a risk factor. Um, Decreased uh, physical activity level, so people who sit a lot, people who slouch. um, Vision problems, vision and hearing can affect your balance. And uh, those are things that are really easy yeah, go see someone yeah, that could help you with that. Yeah, go see your physician mm-hmm. and have your vision and hearing checked regularly. Um, taking multiple medications or taking medications that may have side effects like dizziness, mm-hmm. that could put you at a risk for fall, mm-hmm. right? And some people in their uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s take five or more different types of medication. So make yourself familiar with the side effects of the medications that you're taking yeah. and then be aware of those. Um having really low walking speed that's a risk factor yeah so you know you can work on that you can you can practice every day foot problems poor footwear yeah poor footwear is a big one people come in for risk you know fall they've fallen a few times and they come in with really flimsy shoes yeah or flip-flops or on heels yeah (laughs) the ladies they love their strappy heels and they can barely walk in them and they come, you know, they want help with their balance, but they're wearing these heels and it's, you know, it's hard to break it to them that, you know. It's wonderful (laughs) if you can go somewhere and sit and look pretty, right? (laughs) Right, but But it can add to your risk for a fall. Yeah, it can add to the risk factor. And then even at home, having too many things around, um, 
not having enough lighting. Oh, tripping on a rug. Tripping on a rug or stairways that are cluttered or hallways that are cluttered. Or not well lit. Yeah, or cords that may be in the wrong place or, or having things uh, stored where you have to really grab a stair. Um. A staircase to go up or t storing things under your bed where you have to get down on the floor just changing things around the house so everything is more accessible mm -hmm. will be helpful yeah and decrease good. your chance of fall that's good you mentioned uh, just the decreased range of motion and how important that is um, so just in you know even in your ankle if you don't have good flexibility in your ankle and you're walking outside and you hit, you know, like a ditch or, you know, a little crack in the curb or you're trying to walk on a slanted mm -hmm. street. You know, if your ankle doesn't have good range, just for example, um, that can right there because your ankle can't adapt to the surface. Yeah. Um, and then you pff, fall. Which is probably what <laughs> so, happened to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just, uh, you know, good ankle stretching. You know, if you just want to start with that. But. You gave so many good ideas. And ankle strength also strength. helps. Yeah, with tell balance. us about that. So if uh, you can check yourself, check and see if you can go up and down on your toes. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent exercise to do. So you can do that hundred times a day. Every time you wash your hands, hold on to the counter, go up and down on your toes. Mm -hmm. Foot strength is very important for. Yeah, you mentioned hundred times a day. Yeah, is there a reason? There was a study that showed that people who did 100 times up and down on their toes a day, it helped with their balance. Wow. So, yeah. That's a lot. It I remember you lot, telling me 100. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's really not a lot. You're when right. I go to ballet class, right. we do that maybe two, 300 times in oh, an I hour. Oh, I can't imagine. So, yeah. so I, don't, I think if you just, again, make it a habit mm -hmm. and every mm -hmm. time you wash your hands or you're cooking or you're standing and you'll hold on to a chair or yeah, brushing your teeth brushing you your can teeth. go up yeah. onto your toes you can do that 20 30 times that's right yeah yeah waiting for your uh your water to boil yeah <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what benefits people can experience from exercise absolutely i think the most important for me and for a lot of people is mental health Absolutely. Right? So exercise has been proven over and over to help with anxiety and depression. Yeah. So going for a walk in nature. Mm -hmm. For me, it helps with my anxiety. And if I'm feeling a little bit down and I just want to go for a walk, especially if you go for a walk with someone you care about, a friend, yeah, love. Yeah. you know, a family member. Lately, what we've been doing at the end of the day, uh, we take our two teenage boys, my husband and I, and we go for a walk nice and it's you look at the houses in the neighborhood you look at stores and you're walking and it feels so good they're away from their iPhones they're yeah. away from their electronics and we're all moving it's a it's a great way to socialize and to help with anxiety with depression I and know. also exercise helps with um, decreasing your risk of dementia hmm. your memory being able to have better cognitive function mm -hmm. It helps with reducing blood pressure. Mm -hmm. It helps with controlling your blood sugars much yeah. better, right? It can help reduce your cholesterol. It can help with arth uh, arthritis, and it can mm -hmm. also help with osteoporosis, yeah. uh, which is another scary term, but it's, it's also what happens to us as we get older. We lose um, the strength in our bones, and exercise, weight-bearing exercises are very helpful with that. Um, it also helps keep our weights under control. It helps reduce obesity. So 
There are so many benefits. And another one that I mentioned already, you have uh, a reduced risk of falling and a reduced rate of injury from falling. And even if you have an injury, you're going to recover a lot faster. Yeah. Those are incredible benefits. Yeah. You know, I it, it's just amazing that you could receive that many benefits from exercise and moving. I know for myself, when I do feel stressed, because I do, and uh, I definitely tend to f- kind of feel it in my gut um, when I get really stressed about something or anxious, um, just moving and even doing a little yoga, um, kind of opening up my you know shoulders and my hips. And uh, it just really is such a great way for me you know, because sometimes you can't mentally think, you can't mentally think yourself out of stress. No. Because then it just makes you more stressed. Um, and I love that we can use our bodies to release them, yeah. the stress in our... Yes, even, and, it, and hopefully you can find a set of activities or exercises that you enjoy. Some mm-hmm. people enjoy swimming. Some people enjoy hiking. Some people like walking. Some people like going to the gym. Yeah. Some people like dance. I love dancing. I For love me, dancing that's too. perfect because ballet works on my flexibility and posture because mm-hmm. I do spend quite a bit of time in front of the computer mm-hmm. too. Um, it helps with my balance. And then hip-hop helps with my strength. It's great. I can get on and off the floor in a second, which I couldn't do before I started uh, hip hop classes. So you can choose whatever activity you enjoy mm-hmm. that you can do with, preferably with someone that you like, right? Yep. So yeah. with, with a group of friends, with family, because that helps motivate you, mm-hmm. right? And it's always good to pick an activity once in a while that you're not good at, because a lot of our patients come in and say, oh, my balance is not that great. So pick an activity that helps improve your balance. Tai Chi. Tai Chi, yeah. Uh, Some people come in and say, oh, I'm so stiff. Then pick an activity or an exercise such as yoga that helps with your flexibility. That's good. There's always room for improvement in our Mm -hmm. bodies. But how often I think sometimes you stay clear of what's so difficult for your body. Because we tend to do what we enjoy and what we're good at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we try to stay away from things that are a little bit challenging. Mm -hmm. For example, a couple of years ago, I took a tap dancing class. And I've taken dance classes my entire life, but I'd never tried tap dancing. This was in my late 40s. So the shoes, as you know, with tap dancing are very slippery. Mm -hmm. There's metal in the front. There's metal in the back. And I was dancing so stiff because I was always afraid of falling Mm -hmm. so it was a little bit uncomfortable for me in the beginning until I got used to it so sometimes trying something new may be a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning a little bit challenging but you're definitely going to get benefits from that yeah yeah as long as you stay within the limits of your comfort yeah and don't hurt yourself so again you you start low and go slow yeah. No, that's really good. And listen to your body. Yeah. I think for myself, I am still trying to challenge myself. And when I do, like we did the Tough Mudder for yeah. uh, our PT clinic. And a lot of those obstacles really challenged me. I mean, it really challenged my fear. And But when I was able to accomplish it, the confidence it gave yeah. me. It feels so it great. It feels so good. And, you know, running yeah. up Mount Wilson, I've been trying to really challenge myself to do that. And not thinking I could do it. And then when you do it, just 
I feel so much more confident. So that's a good reason why, you know, it's good to challenge yourself with new activities and try to do things that um, isn't in your comfort zone. No, and you you can still stick to your regular routine, Mm -hmm. things that you enjoy, things that you're comfortable doing that are going to keep you strong and flexible. Yeah, You can still do that. But once in a while, like you said, challenge yourself a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And do it with, I mean, for me, it was nice because I did it with a group of friends. Again. Um, yeah. So that was really yeah. kind of supportive. So let's just uh, talk a little bit about activity guidelines for older adults. What's the World Health Organization say about this? Okay. And this is for older adults, but of course, younger adults, it applies to you as well. Yep. So uh, it, the guidelines are at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise a week or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity exercises a week. So what's First, moderate yeah, intensity? Let's talk about moderate intensity aerobic exercise. So uh, examples are that are brisk walking, easy jogging, walking or jogging on a treadmill, uh, walking on the elliptical, bicycling, swimming, water aerobics, ballroom dancing, line dancing, softball, baseball, volleyball, doubles tennis, gardening, and you know you can pick and choose whichever one you enjoy. So, so how the, would you know that you're doing moderate intensity? You, uh, you can assess whether or not you can, the idea is, is that you can talk but not sing while you're doing the activity. Yes, yes. So if you can still talk, you, you Comfortably. Can, comfortably, <laughs> um, yes, but if you uh, can sing, you're not exercising no. uh, hard enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you're, you have to stop in between a sentence and say a, word, a few words and stop, then it's, you know, that's considered vigorous, vigorous. intensity. <laughs> yes, yes. When if you, you can't formulate, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. All right. And let me give you some examples of that. So race, walking, jogging, or running, swimming laps, singles tennis, aerobic dancing. And I do feel that with hip hop. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bicycling 10 miles per hour or faster, jumping rope, and heavy gardening, like digging. Uh, Those are good examples of vigorous intensity or hiking uphill with a heavy backpack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, again, I think it's really important to consider how necessary it is to build habit now and to prep Mm -hmm. our body to be able to do this because it does seem like a lot of people you know 40s and 50s they stop doing a lot because we get busy we get so busy yeah yeah and i know we're talking about geriatrics but we have to think about our children because we both have children and teenage Mm -hmm. kids Mm -hmm. and how these days they spend so much time in front of a computer and sitting and not being active enough. Yeah. I have two boys and I know that one ball is all it takes. They Mm -hmm. can play soccer for five hours. Yeah. So it doesn't take much, but again, if they build their habits as they're young. Yeah. Because someday they will be 65. Maybe my next podcast, I'm going to do pediatric (laughs) (laughs) health and how important, you know, some of these things are for our children and you know, this is to prevent heart disease, diabetes, obesity, you know, these yeah, all preventable diseases, all preventable diseases. That's right. And then strength training, strength training, strength training twice a week is the mm-hmm. recommendation. Mm-hmm. And it could be anything from weights 
to therabands, doing squats, mm -hmm. uh, anything that challenges our muscles a little bit. So mm -hmm. twice a week, you have to incorporate that into your workout as well. Great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all this knowledge and for the stories. Uh, let's finish up with what three regular practices do you maintain for your health? Yes, my first and foremost mental health is, again, very important for me. So I start every day with coffee in bed with my husband for about 10 minutes. That's nice. I love coffee, I love mm -hmm. my husband, and I love my bed. So mm -hmm. that's the perfect way for me that's to nice. start every day. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do that, and then I make the bed mm -hmm. to officially end that portion of the day and start my day. That's one of my habits. Um, another one is... 10,000 steps, a minimum of 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. And I wear my watch that mm -hmm. measures my steps. So my goal every day is to have at least 10,000 steps in. Wow, that's great. And another one, which I work on every day and I'm trying to work on, is thinking positive. Because mm. I can see um, how that has a huge effect on our general health. It really from does. my patients, from my parents, from the people around me. A positive attitude and thinking positive it's great. It's not always easy. Yeah. No, I just, uh, yeah, think of um, a 90-year-old a um, person that came into the clinic, and uh, she had on her Olympic athlete jacket, and mm -hmm. she walks in at, faster than me, and she walks in, and she says, I'm an athlete. And I said, yeah, you are. And then, you know, what can I help you with today? She's like, I want to walk faster because I'm an athlete. Isn't and that I, great? Yes. Yes. It is great. Yeah. But that positive thinking in yeah. your 90s to still be saying you're an athlete, like, yes, that is the mentality I want. Just that positivity versus, oh, my body's so frail and it's getting older and, you know, there's nothing I can do yeah. about it. And I'm just aging and I'll just, you know, I mean, just the difference between people who walk, who just have that positive outlook and then the people who don't I mean it's a pretty stark difference in how people carry themselves what activities they do mm -hmm. you know and how healthy they stay and how healthy you stay yeah. Yeah. goals to a long healthy life yes well thank you for being here well, thank you thank for you. having me yeah thank you for just sharing your years of experience and just everything you've learned and for telling us about your mom and your dad and I mean, you are just such a beautiful person, and you just really do care so well for your patients. So thank you thank for you. investing enjoy, your life in this. I enjoy spending time with them. Yeah. We learn so much. They're so full of wisdom and good advice. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank Thanks you for, for being me. on the Balanced by Beth podcast. Thank you, Beth. <laughs> by Beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice.